Welcome to this week's episode of Faster Masters Rowing Radio. Grab a seat at the table as Masters Rowing coaches Marlene Royal and Rebecca Caro share their biggest secrets on how to unleash your hidden potential and plot a new course for real results on the water and off. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where today we're going to be talking about learn to row programs for masters in rowing clubs. I'm Rebecca Caro, and I'm joined by Marlene Royal. Hi, Rebecca, and hello to our Faster Masters. And hello to all of our live watchers. We uh, published the intention to have this live stream um, a day or so ago and we've had a ton of questions and discussions and comments under the topic of learn to row programs so clearly learn to row programs are an important part of masters rowing but it really depends on which side of the rowing coin you're coming from as to whether or not it's something you think is worthwhile or a complete pain in the proverbial <laughs> yeah, so, so. <laughs> and who's going to do it right so <laughs> yeah i think i think who's going to do it is often the big challenge i mean in our main club there's a man who runs the novices learn to row program and i know the committee are just so ridiculously grateful that someone is prepared to do this job that nobody particularly wants that actually you know they put up with an awful lot of stuff that maybe they wouldn't with from another coach but you know <laughs> it's it's not it's 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 kind of a thankless task and it takes a particular skill to want to teach people to learn to row but you do it don't you yes a lot a lot in many but in different different capacities you know some sometimes it's a club situation sometimes it's a camp situation so um you know both of the environments are a little bit different that's certainly true I think the number one thing that you need to start off with when you're going, should our club have a learn to row program is to say, firstly, what is our club strategy and what are our goals? There's no question that if you do not have a stated and agreed goal or and strategy, there's no way you can say whether or not you should or should not have a learn to row program. And it astonishes me how many clubs do not clearly say what they are here to do do you get that well you know many many years ago and i mean i'm sort of talking about like in the in the 1980s and when when i started coaching i was a university student and i started coaching in 1982 which was my first summer after university and at that time boston university had a summer recreational rowing program which was the only place where an adult could learn how to row in Boston in 1982. Mm. In those years, I mean, we have many Boston clubs, Union, Riverside, Cambridge, community rowing didn't exist at that time. Um, and there was no learn to row program. So if you wanted to become a member of a rowing club at that time, you have had, you had to have rowed in university because th there, there was no such thing as learn to row. So when the summer university, summer recreational program started, it was a community program. And, um, and 
I mean, we had a lot of people. We had five eights out every morning, just to give you some idea. Um, we had a lot of people in that program all, all summer long. Um, and, you know, things have changed considerably, but I think it varies from, from club to club. And I think your club has to look at, okay, what's the funnel, right? What, what's the, the pathway to becoming a member of the club? And what type of members do you want in your club? Um, if your club wants to, to get a bigger presence in the community, you're going to have to expand the membership. Mm. But then you're going to have to create the pathway of how that happens. And learn to row might be part of that pathway. Learn to row could be something completely separate just to expose the sport. So again, it's, it, it's, it is connected to the, the strategy of the club. It has to be. There's, there's no other way. Having said that, every club has an attrition of members over time. Sure. And so you do need to replace them. And returning rowers are actually, in my club, were, are actually a reasonably small proportion of the new membership each year. If you look at the, you know, the number of people who join each year, it's probably one, two or three are actually returning rowers who are people who've either moved into the area or people who live in the area but used to row earlier in their lives. And the rest are all novices, beginners, in, in my experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the interesting thing, I think, with Learn to Row is, in my, my coaching experience, when, when somebody tries rowing, it's an either, either it's a yes or it's a no. <laughs> and I find that there's no in between, right? Now, there, there may be reasons it, it may be easier for some people to continue than yeah. others simply because of scheduling you know oftentimes the barrier is more their life schedule and their work schedule more than it's whether they have the desire to or not but yeah but in terms of like whether you want to pursue the sport or not i just find that there's no in between like yes i want to do this or no this is great but not for me because as we know you know to sit and go backwards is kind of weird for some people and you know to it's, and it's technical and you have to think and you have to pay attention and, you know, there, you, you have to be this combination of enjoying the, the technical side of it and also appreciating the outdoor side of it at the, mm. at the same time. Um, but, you know, I literally the funniest story I ever had was one woman stood right up and she was a triathlete. She stood right up in the boat let go of her oars, stood up in the boat and said, this isn't for me, and jumped into the water. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, she's like standing in the boat, hands free, and says, this yeah. isn't for me, and goes diving in the water. Um, so I, I find that that initial, either that initial love is there or it's not. Mm. But that's, that's so interesting, isn't it? And, 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 yeah, I know that, you know, people who've done courses that I've run, have said very clearly whether they want to care. They know quite quickly. They'll they'll do it to get value for their money and, you know, complete it. But at the end of it, it's just like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Well, rowing has complexities that other sports don't have. I mean, there is the complexity that you have to go to the boathouse and you have to take your boat out and you have to, you know, mm. there's etiquette to it and protocols to it. It's not, you know, 
you don't just throw your kayak in the water and go, right? I mean, you know, there there is a little bit more procedure to it. And some people, that's exactly what they love about it. Talking about the membership growth and the pathway to membership, what are some examples, Marlene, that you've seen of how clubs manage this? Because I think that this is actually a really naughty issue and it's not very straightforward. No. Um, I think I think it depends a lot how a club runs a Learn to Row program. Um, you know, there are clubs that spread their Learn to Row program out over many weeks. Like you come every Saturday for six weeks or eight weeks and that's their learn to row. And I, I find that that's probably not a really effective way to go. It just spreads things out way too long. You know, I, I think that it's, it's better to, to do a weekend and give people a really good introduction. And like either you get them hooked and they get excited about it. And then you have to propose through your club. Okay. Now that this is the pathway for lessons to learn enough that you can perhaps take a boat out on your own or row, row in another crew. Um, but, but I think you've got to like be pretty enthusiastic about it and not overwhelm them, but like do enough, like two or three days in a row that they, they can say, wow, you know, I can see that I've got some sense of, I mean, what people can do in a 48 hour camp mm. is amazing, right? Someone comes in Friday afternoon they row on Saturday, they row Sunday morning before lunch. In that 48-hour period, you can absolutely teach somebody hmm. how to be able to get in a boat and basic maneuvering, handle things, um, you know, given a, a stable boat. But, you know, that's enough to give them a great sense of, hey, you know, this is cool. I can do this and I need to practice, but I can already get out and enjoy it. Yeah. Exactly. That's a really interesting. And I think that the uh, sculling is a little bit more conducive to that than sweep. I think it's somewhat harder for people to feel like they can get going in a sweep crew, mm -hmm. certainly mm -hmm. with only a few practices like that. The other side, of course, of running your Learn to Row program is how big a club are you and what coaching resource do you have? Because in a youth club, Typically, they'll have a novice group and they'll row together for a year or two and then they'll go up to an intermediate group and then they'll go from an intermediate group to an advanced group. And some large masters rowing clubs I know can run exactly that same format. Um, their challenge is how do I get people to transition from one group to the next and how to manage that and decide is it skills-based? Is it the amount of time that you've been around? You know, what do you need to be able to do before you can actually be, be migrated? And Marlene and I have um, a checklist which we have designed of the sort of skills that we believe beginner, intermediate and advanced masters rowers should be able to do, both in sweep and sculling. And as a consequence of that, you know, we think those could be useful guides to help clubs, you know, establish, well, look, if you really can't row square blades, you know, you fit in this group. And if you're comfortable doing racing starts in a single skull, you fit in a different group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that the, the 
that for a large club, particularly if you have a paid coach or paid coaches, you know, that works quite well. You can be a single group. You can add people to the novice group throughout the year. It's probably somewhat frustrating for the people who joined in January when someone else joins in July. But you you sort of go with roll with the punches, I suppose, because it is a novice thing and people don't yet know if they're going to stick around. And so you have to accept a little bit of coming and going. The flip side of that, though, is smaller clubs where after you've done your learn to row, you join a general group. Now, what's your experience of that? Well, that, that's something um, in my own club that we're looking at a bit because, because it's, as I said, it's a young club and um, it's changing every year um, because we had a couple years of COVID where things were very different because people were home, people were working from home, people weren't traveling. So you, you didn't have the, the coming and goings that we had last mm -hmm. summer when people are, okay, well, now we have a family vacation. Now I have to work in the city during the week. Now we have to do this. I'm only here on the weekends. And, and the dynamic changes and, and, you know, we expected that to change. But I, I think you have to look at bringing people, you know, I think, first of all, when you're bringing new members into the club, you know, give them the best coach that you, you possibly can because that's that's going to be their entire impression on rowing that's going to be their first impression and and if it's for masters you know having a, a mature coach or a coach who enjoys coaching other adults is going to be a real plus for bringing those people into your club into your system with the right attitude and enjoying it and they feel understood but I think you have to. I think you have to have sort of in a general introduction, and that might be like where your your members come and go. This introduction mm. throughout the year, you have to offer some introduction. But but then maybe you have this in between level class, and this is kind of what I'm thinking about a little bit. There's sort of an 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 entry level class where you've got to complete the skills on this checklist in mm. order to then join. The intermediate class or the next the next group which is mm. a more flexible group because you have to know how to carry your boat you have to know how to to launch and how to land you have to know how to read the wind you have to know how to maneuver on a basic level you don't have to be a perfect rower or scholar mm. to do this but you you've got to have a certain number of skills before you can simply move with another group yeah. um, so I think there has to be this intermediate area where somebody stays in this, you know, these there's you know two or three classes, whatever, per week, but they stay in this this category until they have command over their boat and can steer and follow a traffic pattern and have generally good safety awareness and maneuverability. Um, and then I think you can put them into the next category, which is might be a slower moving group or an intermediate moving group, but they'll know how to move with the group. They'll know how to follow instructions. They'll know how to stay in the traffic pattern. So, mm. you know, I think those maneuvering skills have to come first before, you know, necessarily mastering technique. Really good points there. 
Our sponsor this week is The Rowing Directory. It's a place you can go to find a rowing retailer or supplier that covers pretty much every area you would ever need, from clothing to events to buying oars to holidays, gifts, coaching, accessories. I've been updating it recently, and you'll find all the information at rowing.chat forward slash retailer. And we have recently added listings for Van Dusen Boats, Roehus, who do boat repairs in the Netherlands, Rowingo, um, an herb that has oars, Marijn Sotas, who does rowing photography, and the Rowing Coach app, as well as Revo Race, who run event software for timing. So head over to rowing.chat forward slash retailer and take a look for the place and the people you need for your rowing sport. Heading back now into Learn to Row programs, one of the things that I discovered uh, when I was living in Cambridge was the incredible power of earning money for the club using a Learn to Row program. We had a situation where the club urgently needed about £9,000. And so we actually did a learn to skull and we did it after work for a whole week. So five days in a row, people had to bring their own boats in the main and we split them into beginner, intermediate, advanced groups so that the advanced people got on the water first and they went off with their coach because they would go to the end of the river and turn around and come back. And the intermediates would go next because they would go two thirds of the way down the river. Mm -hmm. and come, you know, <laughs> they would puddle up and down in front of the boathouses, you know, learning the basics. And it was incredibly successful. Um, lots of people in lots of the other town rowing clubs at that time didn't scull and knew how to sweep and thought I probably should do it and it's summer and it you know the weather will be nice and it worked really really well for us so I actually then just became aware of how good it is for a fundraising event like you don't have to get any sponsorship you can do it mostly with your club athletes um you know being helpers mm -hmm. um, and because it's short term, the sort of enthusiasm to participate, you know, is really focused. Like we can do this, then hopefully we bank a check for a large amount of money and we get to buy whatever it is, you know, that, that the club wants. So I think it's a it's a worthwhile thing for people to do as a fundraiser and don't expect people necessarily to join the club afterwards, like mm -hmm. mine said. Well, yeah, I mean, it gives it gives the sport exposure. And if somebody wants to join, they can, but it's not the goal of the program. You know, the goal of the program is kind of to do it's, it's like an adventure camp, right? So just learn mm -hmm. to row. And there's some people who just want to try something new. And you try to capitalize on that idea of, you know, doing something fun, doing something a little bit out of the ordinary from what you might normally do as a different sport and uh and you know you just go from there right yeah now one of the things in the uh facebook discussion that was raised when i published this live stream was an assertion that masters are not receptive to coaching and i would like to challenge that because i don't believe that's true I think it's a reflection of the 
lack of coaching skill that they can't get their message across. Am I being unfair? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if I look at, I, I think most masters enjoy going to camps. And if you look at the enrollment in camps, All-American Camp, Craftsbury, um, Florida Rowing Center, there are a lot of masters, adults attending these camps. And obviously they're very receptive to coaching because they exactly want to go to camps and they want to get coaching. And they may not be getting, you know, they may not live where they have a coach or they may not be getting coaching um, through their club. But I, I really think it, it comes down to communicating with your athletes, first of all, you know, communicating with them what's important to you, what would you like them to learn? They're, they may not learn, if you're accustomed to coaching juniors, you, you can't coach masters like juniors. You have to coach masters like masters. So you have to coach, you have to approach them and find out, first of all, like what's their profession? What do they do for work, right? I mean, a surgeon is going to think quite differently than a dancer. And so you have to, you know, these are people with developed skills according to how they learn and what their personality types are and what interests them. And you, you know, you may have to approach, if you're coaching a, a, a quad, you know, you may have to coach every single person slightly differently based on how they think, how they learn, mm -hmm. how do they see things. But, you know, uh, I, I think it's a, my opinion is it's a bit of a stereotype that masters are not receptive to coaching. I think you just, you have to, you have to, first of all, be able to communicate with them and ask them what's important to them. And you know what, they're going to tell you instead of assuming that they're going to react to the way you're coaching them. You know, I mean, there has to be a lot more give and take with coaching masters. That's definitely true. And also, I started a new Learn to Row group just on Tuesday. And with them, I asked them, when did you last learn something completely new that wasn't an increment on you know, something you already learned? And the answer was a jolly long time ago. And so I had to explain to them a bit about how your brain works, how to approach this, what are the sort of negatives and the positives, and the fact that it's going to be different because, as I said to them very firmly at the beginning of the outing, no one can just row. And they looked at me as like, I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. then they get in the boat. Like, no, no. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the other thing is, too, that just taking, just taking the time to let them explore a little bit you know, give them, you know, they very much want to like check things out, you know, well, what do I do when I do this? When do I do to this? You know, they want to have a bit of fun with it. Um, but, but I think you, you do have to let them know with, with something like sculling, listen, th this is going to take a little while for you to learn how to get good at this. You, you'll be able to start having fun right away but it's going to take a while to achieve a certain, a certain amount of, of skill. And then you, and then I'll ask people, well, you know, 
well, you're an orthopedic surgeon. How long did it take you to become an orthopedic surgeon? You didn't, you didn't do that in a learn to row class over a weekend, right? Or, um, or how long did you learn to, you know, to be a, a I don't know, use some, some other example. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, to be a dancer. I mean, you didn't learn to dance in one weekend. And I think that's something that, oh, it's a boat. I should be able to get in the boat and just do this. And you have to say, like, you know what? This is a skill like anything else. And it's just going to take you're, you're going to have lots of fun doing this. Mm. But you have to appreciate that there's a skill process to this. And, you know, a good coach is going to take them on that journey and move them from step to step at the appropriate speed. And I think that's really key for, for masters is that you have to understand that they're, they're going to learn differently. They're going to learn at different paces and you have to adjust your speed to them because they're not going to be able to adjust to you. You have to adjust to, to them. And if anyone's thinking of running a learn to row course or wants to refresh how they approach uh, a learn to row, I heartily recommend a book. It's called Masters Rowing by Volker Nolte and Wolfgang Fritsch. Wolfgang wrote the chapter on teaching adult beginners, and it is a brilliant methodology. It fits really, really well, um, and it happens to coincide with my own personal experience. Um, it's, it, it'll give you all the things that you need to anticipate and the hurdles that you might need to overcome. So do go and get a, get a copy of that book if you're thinking of running a Learn to Row program for your club. And if your club doesn't run a Learn to Row program, buddy up with another club that's down the road and see if you can do something together so you don't have to take all of the, you know, all of the stress um, yourself. Because people will be prepared to commute for something that's reasonably short, you know. Uh, you know, even whether it's just sharing equipment or getting more coaching resource or helper resource or being on a slightly different bit of water that, you know, may be more sheltered and more advantageous. Definitely. I th and I think running a Learn to Row program, having those extra volunteer hands is really, really critical. You know, you may only have one coach, but if you could have three or four volunteers there just to hold the boat, help people in and out, Mm. help things run smoothly you know extra hands really really count oh and it's so nice that people actually then get to know other people who are you know part of your group you know they actually get to to meet these people and that's perfect you know you actually get to chat and make a friend you know and a lot of times I use the graduates from the previous learn to row as my helpers Mm -hmm. And they are able to have this sort of relationship that I can't. They go, look, honestly, I was where you are now. And it was only three months ago or six months ago. And and trust me, you know, you, you'll get better. You know, you're not a klutz. <laughs> so this has been Faster Masters Rowing Radio for another week. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. part of the rowing chat podcast network please tell your rowing friends about the show and if you've learned just one helpful thing from today's episode please consider supporting the show for as little as one dollar per month by visiting fastermastersrowing.com forward slash podcast